Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus got it chase he's settled he's got Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Two Slips in a Gully. It's been a bit of a hiatus, the coronavirus has played havoc with our scheduling, but we're back, we're back on the airs, we're bringing cricket goodness to your ears, I know you've been missing it, I hope you've been checking out some of our older episodes in the meantime. Um, I've got Glenn via remote hookup, hello Glenn. Hello, hello. And I'm also joined by Gary here in the studio. Oh, hello. Ah, it's good to have you all here, or pleasant voices again. It's so good to be back talking about cricket, this phenomenal game that we all love. How's everyone been? Yeah, yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> we uh, we are not uh, we're not breaking the law yet, right? No. Well, y- you're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this will go out. On Ours Friday. is a little tenuous, but you're definitely not. Oh, I'm, I'm within yeah. 1.5. Well, I'm not really within 1.5 metres of you, Aaron. This is technically a job, and cricket is essential. I don't care what anyone says. So I think we're good. Yeah, exactly. I think we're good. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think we're essential. Um, all right, so you might be at home listening to this podcast going, okay, great, two slips and a gully are back. I've missed them so much. I'm really keen to start listening to some of their content. But what are they going to be talking about? There's no cricket on. Like, I'm happy they're back, but... What are they gonna? What are they gonna fill our heads with this for the next hour and a bit? Well, we've decided something a little bit different. We've worked out some kinks now in our little time off, and we're going to do an uh, our favourite, well, not our favourite, an Australian eleven draft style. So how that's going to work is that we're going to have a pool of players. The players are going to be Australian players that have played from the nineteen seventies onwards. So, sorry, Don, um, you're out. And from there, we're going to take it in turns to pick our uh, best 11. But we're going to go one at a time. So the order will be myself, then Glenn, and then Gary. And the uh, the trick to this is when, once we pick a player, they become unavailable. So there won't be any teams where we've all got, you know, Ponting, Smith, Border, etc. in the middle order. Everything's going to be different. Um, we're going to put together, you know, take it in turns, pick our 11. And then at the end of it, we're going to throw to you guys out there to let us know who you think's picked the best side. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. I've actually been um, annoying the guys for a couple of weeks now. Let's get back and record and get this one done. I think it's going to be great. So um, we're, uh, we were talking about possibly doing the draft off air and then having this episode being uh, this, is our, this is our sides and sort of doing a little bit of analysis on the fly about it. But we thought, you know what, live is better. So we're going to pick it live and there's probably going to be a little bit of uh, disappointment as... Uh, players that we had earmarked for important parts of our 11s get uh, taken out from underneath us, but I think it's going to be great. What do you guys reckon? I, I feel like you're yeah, I'm, I'm up shits. for it. I'm just I'm just putting the finishing touches on my team as we go. <laughs> but that's that's traditional, right? Like I I I wouldn't it wouldn't be right if I wasn't doing that. What do you mean putting the finishing touches? You don't get to pick your team yet. 
Yeah, I know, but I, I've oh, you've got your I'm you've got your like it, ideal team I'm in mind. Prepared. Oh, I'm okay. Prepared. <laughs> oh, Glenn's no, prepared. I like it. Nothing like doing homework at the last minute. If there's anything we've learned, Glenn can bring it out at the last minute. Uh, we'll get started, I think, right away. I'm going to start off with the first pick in the Australian eleven draft, and I'm going to go with Glenn McGrath. And that's one of the disappointed groans I was talking about. Sorry, Gary. Oh. Uh, I think his record... So, so McGrath is, is like the first, the most valuable player that we've had since the 70s, as far as you're concerned. Oh, he's the most valuable player that I've got in mind for my 11. I was tempted to go oh, with, right. a, so with a different it, it player. Kind of, it comes into like the balance of the side. Yeah, well. so the, obviously the idea of the side is you want to make one that is going to win games. It's not just a vanity project. We're not trying to pick our favourites. We want to pick a, a side that's um, going to win all across the globe sort of thing. So that's my first pick. I know there's plenty of arguments that there are quite a number of players you could argue are more valuable than... Um, then McGrath, but um, for the team that I've got in my mind, I'm going with McGrath first. And I think his record speaks for himself. It's certainly not ridiculous that he's picked up right near the very top. Right. Um, all right, Glenn, so your first pick is um, – oh, Glenn McGrath obviously will be uh, ringing up probably number 11 for my side for those of you that are playing at home. Glenn, you're up next. Right. Sweet. Um, well, I, I reckon I'll take Gilchrist then. Gilchrist, nice. He's going to be immensely va- immensely valuable, Adam Gilchrist. All right, Gary. I think he's oh. got to be the second guy. He's your keeper and, uh, yeah, speaks for himself just like McGrath. I don't like either of you two. <laughs> the, the, um, the thing, you should have got the you should have won the lottery. Oh, Ricky, the Pon- Ricky Ponting. How can you not pick Ricky Ponting? All right, that's yeah. Well, he's, he's got captaincy credentials as well, so yeah, and he's awesome. Um, I am going to go with Shane Warne as my second pick. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Glenn. We'll take all the batters right. he left. Crap, that's all right. Me. I'm just. Is anyone just like keeping track of who we have? I'm. I'm going along with. I'm writing everyone's picks down as we go. I, okay. think, I think Gary's doing the same. I've got, I got mine. Oh, Gary's doing his. I'm assuming you're doing yours. I've got all three going. So I'll, I'll keep right. tabs and let you know if you've picked a player that's already been picked. Okay. I will take uh, – it's my go, right? It's so your go. Hmm. I will take Dennis Lilly. DK. Nice. Dennis Lilly. That's, yeah. Legend. <laughs> um, you know, like, his stats, his stats are maybe not as impressive as McGrath's, but... He also you know, did have to take a few years out of his career for World Series that don't end up getting attributed to his um, yeah, if he actually, his test career. He would have been the first bowler to 100 test wickets, uh, 400, 400 test wickets, I believe, if you take... Um, if you played through yeah. rather than playing World Series. So um, there's plenty of people that have been around for a very long time that rate Dennis Lilly as the best fast bowler that uh, Australia's ever yeah. had. I, I'm not one of them. I tend to lean towards McGrath, but I don't I don't have any malice towards people that think that it's DK. The guy was an icon yeah. when he played. So well, we, we didn't see him um, We didn't see him playing, but, yeah, I, I trust um, yeah, the experts and the players' opinions. All right, Gaz. Pick number uh, two. All right. Uh, at number four, I've got Damien Martin. Ooh. Ooh. I'd never pick Damien Martin. But Are you serious? Yeah, I can't. <laughs> he averaged nearly he, 60. He still hasn't gotten over da- the Adelaide. Da- Damien Martin, no, he averaged under 50, mate. Oh, it was 49 point. So, yeah, nearly, nearly yeah. 60. All right. Yeah, but it's like local cricket. If you make 10, you say you make 20. I am going to pick Stephen Smith for my next pick. No, I love Steve Smith. <laughs> um, in my opinion, he's the best batsman Test cricket seen since Don Bradman. Um, yeah, we've we've talked about it so many times during this podcast. Just look at his stats. 
since returning to the Australian cricket side as a batsman only, he's averaging nearly in the 70s, um, you know, records that are held only by Bradman. Of Like, it's the fastest person to this many runs, Don Bradman, and behind that, Steve Smith, and then there's quite a sizable gap, and then it's someone like Virat Kohli or Tendulkar. I you know, think uh, Steve Smith, and he's a guy that has shown that he can play swing, he can play spin, he can play pace, he can... Bat in the subcontinent. He can obviously bat in Australia. He's um, taken some runs out of England over in England now. Like, there's just... There's not many chinks left in this man's armour. And, you know, he can handball some handy leggies. Mr. Goldner. <laughs> yep. All right, Glenn. Um, well, I'm going to take Steve Walk. I'm disappointed, Glenn. Very, very <laughs> is that who you're going to pick? Yeah, yeah like, obviously. You were like one, one <laughs> away from that. Steve War, yep. Um, well, he, he kind of scored runs everywhere, you know. Early on, he was uh, a bit of an all-rounder too. So, I don't know. It depends on which Steve War you have. I'm assuming you're going the guy with the, um, the front foot defence, the cut. And the slog sweep and everything else was just a ward on the body. Oh, no! Um, you just, you just, you just get the job done. <laughs> yeah, you tell him, mate. Oh, I, I love Steve Ward. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. That's what I mean. He's just like, no, nah, um, you're not having my wicket. These are the shots I'm going to play, and if I can't play to that, I don't care if you hit me. I'm not out. Yeah, but he did it to Kirtley yeah. Ambrose. Like, uh-huh. The guy's just, oh, he's not scared of nothing. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, um. I'm going to take Nathan Lyon. Gary. Gary picks up Gary. I know. The goat. How could you not? Lyon is gone. It's probably like the second best spin up. Yeah, I feel like we're forgetting someone. Stuart McGill. I think Lyon's better than McGill. Yeah, but McGill would have had so much. McGill's unlucky to have existed at the same time as Shane Warne, but I, I think. He's blind. It's obviously a different type of spin. Lions an off spinner, and McGill was a leggy. Um, but, but yeah, uh, I, you know, off the top of my head, I'm sure there's someone that's going to point out and go, "What about this bloke that we've forgotten?" But um, unfortunately, a lot of spinners have gone by the course of history since you know spin didn't exist for Australia apparently before Shane Warne. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you ask Channel Nine. Um, all right, for my pick, I'm going to take Matthew Hayden. Oh, I'm not really surprised. To uh, open the batting, one of the opening batsmen. Um, you know, well, what more can you say? Open up, average is 50. Somebody needs to ruin your day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Glenn, who have you got for your next pick? Uh, yeah, who's left? There's quite a lot left, um, if we're honest. Like, yeah, only- yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, well, in that case... If you're going to leave him open, I'm, I'm going to take Alan Border. Oh, you can have him. Not a big Border <laughs> fan, unfortunately. Oh, I am. That's a pretty. That's a good get. Border is a good get. Steve Waugh and Alan Border in the middle order. How are you going to get to the tail of Glenn's team? Like, no, you just yeah. don't. Anyway, there's, all right. There's a lot of grit. There's a lot of grit. And you finally get water. through one of them. You're like, finally, after two days, we've finally got Steve War out. Or, oh, God, it's Adam Gilchrist. <laughs> <laughs> Who scores 159 balls. <laughs> all right. To be fair, that's what teams thought back when um, Gilly was playing and, and we were <laughs> dominant force. Well, just to upset Aaron, I'm, I'm going to take Justin Langer. I knew you would. As soon as I said Hayden, I knew that uh, Langer was, was coming off. He the was ball. gone. Yeah, <laughs> cool. It's gonna be it's gonna be upsetting to break up the the dynamic duo, but um, I still think Hayden's a good opener in his own right. As is Langer, his grit, determination, mm-hmm. current coach. Um, I hope you guys have been watching uh, the test on Amazon Prime. That thing is a great insight to how Justin Langer conducts himself. It's been a great watch. <laughs> thing is, I watching that. I was kind of both surprised and not surprised. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> you kind of assumed... That, I, I appreciated how candid the um, everything was. There was. They knew they were on camera, yeah. but there was no punches being pulled when punches needed to be thrown. It was great to watch. Um, 
I am going to shore up my middle order a little bit, um, and I'm going to bring in Michael Hussey. Yeah, not a bad That's a good pick. pick. Um, a- I think Hussey is probably the most underrated batsman Australia has produced. I know he's pretty highly rated, but I just don't think he gets quite enough credit for how good he was. Um, I saw a statistic. I'm, I'm, I don't know whether or not I brought it up in the podcast or I've just been talking about it to you know, my cricket friends, but I saw a statistic. It was the um, top ICC batting rankings of all time. What it was, it was the highest rankings achieved by batsmen at their highest point. So the best that Don Bradman ever achieved, the best that Sachin Tendulkar ever achieved, the best that... You know, Ricky Ponting and Lara and Callis and those guys. It was at their absolute peak of the game, what was their highest score? And this was the, you know, the top the, the top list of that. So it was the highest, so the best of these batsmen at one point. And Michael Hussey was 20th in that list. Of all time batting records, he was 20. I think he was like... 40 points off Bradman. Like, this is how good he was at his peak of his powers. Hussey was up there with the very best of the best of all time. So he's a guy that is batted literally everywhere in the order for Australia. Um, yeah, with a smile on his face. You know, just one of the you know, the, the best out-and-out competitors. He's a guy that's got plenty of attacking flair to his game with a, a, a tight enough defence to play within himself when he needs to. I think he's a... A genuine Mister Fixit of any sort of batting order, so I think um, very, very underrated in the um, in the world stage. Especially <laughs> when you hear people talking about you know their best elevens. Hussey very rarely sort of gets anything more than an honourable mention. So, but he can't catch it short cover, <laughs> and you could pretty much bat him anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So it's back to me. Back to you. Hmm. Right, I need some top order, don't I? Um, top order players. Hmm. A lot of good top order players have already gone, haven't they? I'll give you a, a read through of who's gone. So Hayden's gone, Lang has gone, yep. Ponting, Smith, Martin, Hussey, Border, and War have all gone. Well, of, of batters. Of batters. Okay. Of bowlers, McGrath, Lily, Warren, and Lyon. Okay. Hmm. All right. Well, then I think I will take, just to get my top order short up, I think I'll take Michael Slater. <laughs> Damn it. I had him earmarked to partner, partner Hayden. It's a good pick. You wanted the... Man, that's a an aggressive opening opening stand, left hand, right handed. Yeah, they're a bit sad. Oh, this is yeah. Okay, I can see how this is because it's 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 sort of making you think a bit more creatively, isn't it? Yeah, you can't just sort of pick the old guard. I mean, Michael Slater's not going to make many all time Australian elevens, but he still was a, a very good player for us over a. Well, this a reasonable is, period of time. This is a guy that Matthew Hayden himself said that if I can score more runs than Michael Slater, then I'm going to be a very good player. So he's yeah. um, certainly well-respected in the cricket fraternity. Obviously, he's had those nervous 90s troubles that um, got the better of him more often than he not. He got out the 90s nine times. I thought it was 11. Oh, I think it's nine. That's nine right. And someone, asked, was and someone asked him if he'd managed to get each of the 90s. Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was a little bit bitter about that, actually, in his response. Um, yeah, yeah he, he converted those into hundreds. He ends up with over 20 test hundreds, and he's right up there in the sort of yeah. upper echelon of all-time test players. All right, Gary? Mm. All right, I need some bowlers. So I'm going to pick the best bowler at the moment, um, Pat Cummins. Uh, uh, Don't get upset. Yeah, I know. I took McGrath off you. I'm going to win just too much. I saw Glenn McGrath. He was great. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, Rightio. Cool. Well, I've ticked off most of the players. I didn't actually think I was going to get Shane Warne, so I'm pretty happy about that. Um, I am going to pick... Who am I going to pick? I'm going to pick Greg Chappell. Oh. oh. 
That was exactly my next pick. <laughs> I, I thought I was, you know, I'll go 70s. No one will expect it. <laughs> yep, I think, uh, well, Smith, Chapel, Hussey so far in my middle order. I'm pretty happy with you've that. Got a, you've got a stylish order. Mm. Like, yeah. Hmm, all right. Okay, so... Look, I'm going to go 70s anyway, but I'm going to go down the order and I'm going to pick Jeff Thompson. <laughs> oh, that is that is brilliant. Gary's just showing me the next pick that he's got penciled in and it was Tomo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I've got Lily and Tomo now. I've got the 70s attack. Crack out the gold chains and the moustaches. I've got, I've got it sorted out. Uh, unlucky, Gary. That's a great pick. Um, can't go past Lily and Tomo. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the stats, average is on the high side, but uh, for an attacking bowler, you, you'll go with that. A guy to rip through, through teams rather than keep them tight. Yeah, is the, especially if you've got an attack that complements that, you can always go sort of your big quick enforcer to get in there and just ruin everyone's day. All right, Gary, yep. what are you going to do now? You've got um, no Tomo now. Thanks, Glenn. All right. Um, I think I might go Paul Rifle. Mm, he's a dog. Yeah, solid player, solid player. Definitely. He was kind of uh, no nonsense, no yeah, uh, no fuss. He was. Um, I, I think he was really unlucky at certain times. He um, he, he should have been, uh, oh, I suppose, better than he was. But in the time that he he was sort of big, at there was this young bloke coming through, and ruined his yeah. Career. Yeah, I think he, he was a kind of a stopgap player and, and handy with a bat too. Yeah, very handy. Um, you know, and, and you know, like, and, and bowled really well to left-handers, as I recall. Oh, yeah, he was great. Um, yeah, uh, well, any any bloke who can play alongside McGrath and Warren in that generation, it's got to be pretty good. Oh, very much so. All right, for my next pick, I think I'm just going to um, finish up my opening combination. Um, I'm going to go for uh, one of the, the beautiful things about Langer and Hayden's combination was um, they were told from the get-go that they can't have two left-handers at the top of the order because they're too similar, and they proved that wrong because Hayden played in a style that was very different to Justin Langer's, so even though they couldn't adjust, they were bowling the same line they couldn't bowl the same length and the other part of that um that also made that combination so powerful was just the rate that they scored their runs so they have both were players that um langer certainly towards the end of his career got quite aggressive so i'm going to go in the same vein and pick a punchy uh undersized left hander and i'm going to go david warner to oh, partner matthew hayden at the top i of the order. saw that coming from like 30 k's away that um, was yeah did you like that? It was a bit of a wind-up. It was like uh, you know, coming in off the, lot, the long run-up. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Right. All right, Glenn. So it's back to me, right? Yep. Uh, uh, Okay, I think I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Michael Clark. Oh, Aaron's crying. I had him. I had him. He was gonna what? Fine. I was gonna find a spot for him there somewhere. Uh, well, I've Clark's. Good. Yeah, I've, I've got number four open for him. He he wouldn't didn't ever really bat well in tests above four, but four is a good slot for him. Um, yeah, I mean. Not the most popular guy was going around, but you can't argue with, uh, you know, made a debut century in India. Um, so, and after that, learned to bat all around the world. 
I saw a very. Did he ever really conquer England? I'm not sure. He had a few pretty big scores. That 09 series, um, I think 09 over in England is where he announced himself that he was now the key wicket in the Australian batting lineup. Ponting had sort of started taking a dip. You know, that Kemar Roach injury was still affecting him. He wasn't really as effective as he was a couple of years prior. I think from 09 was where he and Clark had that. Uh, I think he ended up with two or three hundreds in that series. And that sort of then propelled him. Everyone in the Australian team had a dip around the 2010 Return Ashes series where Clark then got elevated yeah. to, to captain. But um, I think 2009 was when Clark had sort of went, you know, I am the key guy in this middle order now for Australia. Um, so yeah. I don't think any any batsmen's really conquered England. Otherwise, we would have won more series over there. But um, Clark certainly was no mug over in England. Did some certainly some very, mm. um, some very very good scores. I actually um, saw an interesting take on Michael Clark, which I actually, after thinking about it, tend to agree with that if Michael Clark had managed to stay fit for the his entire the entirety of his career, you'd probably add another three thousand runs to his career runs. He played yeah. the last probably what three, four years maybe certainly three years without being able to really play the hook and pull because yeah. his back just wouldn't let him do it. So then the team's just knuckled down and bowled him short balls. If he had that hook and pull shot available to him for the whole of his career, he scores effectively yeah. against that ball. And not only that, teams don't then just knuckle down and bowl bounces to him, so they've got to bowl somewhere else. And as we saw from Michael Clark's career, he was incredibly proficient all around the wicket. There was no real weakness in his game. He's probably one of the better yeah. swing bowlers, swing, you know, face, you know, Facing swing, he was probably one of the better players that we had, certainly around that era. He was unquestionably yeah. the best player of spin that we had in the ta- in the team during his tenure, certainly as yeah. captain. So for I th- sure. I think if Clark managed to, he wasn't dealing with that degenerative back for the latter half of his career, you could probably add another, you know, two, three thousand runs to his career, which gets him to a 11, 12, 13 ish thousand runs, which is, um, like yeah. you're talking elite level category there. So uh, Clark, yeah. uh, Clark's a solid pickup. Mm-hmm. Really good at number four. <laughs> you wanted him. I did. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to cram him in there somewhere. I was probably going to bat Smith at three and have Clark at four, but um, yeah, I'll have to change that now. All right, Gary. Hmm. Uh, see, I don't, uh, I'm thinking. Michael Bevan. I really want Michael Bevan in my side. Are we playing test cricket or one day? No, no, we're, no. We're playing test cricket. Michael Bevan took 11 for in a game. Yeah, I know. Yep. Yeah, I think he's, uh, his test test career is, is underrated. Well, it's it's really hard to get into a test side when the side was the way it was, though. We did have Michael yeah, Bevan yeah. in our Boulevard of Broken Dreams, though, so we he got a little bit of a run. <laughs> Didn't quite... Especially when you consider his first class average was nearly sixty, and it sort of didn't really pan out. But I, I feel that he was played in an all rounder role yeah, rather than a than a batsman role, he, so that certainly contributed to the diminishing returns. But in yeah. theory, Michael Bevan is a fantastic pick. You know, if you look at his uh, um, first class record and his one day international record, and just sort of imagine what could have been, that's a, a very good pickup for the uh, for yeah. The different circumstances, if he got a good like you know. 15 test in a row run and, and established himself, things yeah. could have definitely been different. Yeah, when you consider that Steve wore, what, 27 matches before he scored his first 100. So, um, you know, yeah. not yeah. everyone not everyone takes the test cricket right away and not everyone that doesn't take the test cricket right away is a write-offs. But um, that's, that's the, yeah. the price that you paid playing for Australia in that era is that if you didn't sort of stamp your authority from the get-go, there were plenty of other players to choose from and um, you're just yeah. opening yourself up to not get picked again. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, for my next, sorry, for my next pick, I'm going to nail down probably the. Now that I've got sort of McGrath and Warren in there to make up the linchpin of my bowling lineup, I'm going to pick probably the next most important position, and that is my keeper. And I'm going to go Good. Brad Haddon. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know it's a little left field. I know guys like Healy and Marsh are probably guys that people would sort of go with, but. Uh, I, think oh, I know there's a few blokes who uh, who uh, want the would would want the best keeper. You know, a few guys on our um, Facebook group are um, wicket keepers themselves. Mm. <laughs> oh, I think Haddon's glove work was 
more than fair, especially towards the end of the yeah. end of his career. He certainly became quite a good wicketkeeper. And um, other than Adam Gilchrist, I'm really struggling to pick who I would say was a better batsman than Brad Haddon that kept for Australia. Yeah. Well, Healy, Healy and Marsh yeah. were nowhere near the, the batsman that um, that Haddon was. Oh, yeah. I'd have to agree with that. Um, and really no one since has shown yeah. that amount. Well, well Tim, Tim Payne's a bit of a throwback, isn't he? He's a, he's a throwback to the traditional... I think Pick the best keeper in the in the country kind of methodology. I think Tim Payne, if he managed to stay healthy for his whole career, probably would have been somewhere in that sort of between Haddon and Gilchrist ilk. He oh, certainly no, looked handy. Made one one first class century. It was um, a career that has been littered with injuries, though, which certainly wouldn't have yeah, helped. Even true. in his first class game, wouldn't have helped. But he was certainly he's got a technique. He's got a technique that you watch Tim Payne bat, you don't know how he hasn't scored more runs because there's not a lot of holes in his technique. He's probably he's probably too compulsive on the hook and pull shot, um, yeah. and teams go after that. But when you're looking at him, like he looks good out there. There's nothing there that you'd yeah, say yeah. that this guy is a mug. Why that he's you know why has he only scored two first class hundreds in a 15 year career? But um, yeah, but yeah, I don't. I, I think Haddon's yeah. keeping is. Is certainly uh, certainly up there with some of the best that we've had. There's certainly a, a few better. Gilchrist, Healy, Marsh, yeah. obviously a better gloveman, but Haddon's no not rubbish with the gloves. Um, no. He didn't and, disgrace himself, and um, he's yeah more than handy with the bat. So I think that's um, yeah. I I, I don't think I've, I can think of many um, guys who hit a cleaner straight hit than Brad Haddon. Not not just keepers, but like. Just anyone, batsmen anyone. in general. He had a run, oh, was it 2009-ish maybe, I think, yeah. um, where he was coming up and he was opening the batting in sort of that Gilchrist mould for the one-day side. They were sort of just sort of yeah. – they were tinkering with the side and they didn't really know who to put where. So they brought Haddon up the order. Um, and, and yeah, he he was a clean striker of the ball. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I remember that test where uh, – Coley was um, was giving it to him as he was going to the crease, and first ball he just hit through the line and it went straight for six. Yeah, oh, I do yeah. remember that. And, yeah, and, and then he, he was just turned his shit back him. on him and just walked, walked back. It was great. <laughs> All right, Glenn, you're up to your oh, sorry, pick yeah, now. Yeah. So, do you want me to give you a rundown of what your team is, or are you keeping track? No, no, I'm I'm writing it down. You're writing I it go. down. Cool. Like right. I, I listed, I, I put a shopping list down, but as they've become unavailable, I uh, had to go you know, and get get the. like going to Coles now, you know. You put pasta on your list, and you just can't get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, you guys are going to have to tell me if this is allowed. Um, but I need a number three. Uh, so I'm going to take Doug Walters. Ooh. When did Dougie play? Is he is he meet our? Yeah, he does. You can you, you can pick the personnel. You don't have to pick a player that's batted at three to be at three. If there's a like, you wouldn't. If you said to me that you're going to pick Dennis Lilly to bat at three, then you know they probably wouldn't <laughs> yeah, work no, well I'm, for the, the I'm, for your I'm, team. I'm but if there's a side on the basis that you know, if there's a we're legitimate, going, we're going back in time and using uh, you know DNA technology, and all of our guys are, are playing each other while they're all in their prime of their careers. It, this is one for Scotty. Scotty would be more like we wouldn't argue at all if he wanted to pick Sangakara and Drava to open the batting. Like he can do whatever he likes. The players are at your disposal. So if you think right. that Walters is going to make a good test number three for you, then that is fine. So Doug Walters yeah. is slotting in at three. Yep. That's yep. annoying. You know, he had him too, huh? Yeah. Yep. I mean, like, you, you talk about Smith being, um, you know, the, the greatest batsman, the second greatest batsman since Bradman. You know, they were talking about Walters in the same way. As he was coming through, I think he made his debut real young, like like eighteen, nineteen. Yeah. He also, he's, um, I I don't know much. There's not a lot of footage of him batting, um, but 
I did see a doco about his career and, and all that. So, um, yeah, he's, he's looked scored. like he, he had to be, get a mention tonight he, from he, someone. He did score 100 in a session. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, Gary. All right. I'm tossing up, so I might just go Brett Lee. Brett Lee? <laughs> Oh, Binger. I can't believe that neither of us secured him. He, you know, he he guessed, he he was a guest at our Prezzo night and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that's that's a fair bowling lineup. Lee Cummins rifle line. You're going to do plenty of damage with that one. Yeah, well, I have to. Have you seen my top order? They're terrible, Aaron. (laughs) Oh, oh, no. Only the all time leading run scorer for for Australia. (laughs) <laughs> right. Okay. Cool. So where am I at? So I've got number three open, and I've got some bowlers to pick. So I might have to shore up some of my bowlers now. I think. Um, I am going to go Mitchell Johnson. Nice. Um. We've all got a bit of pace. We've all got one crazy bloody fast guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I can, if I can choose to cut, like take the Mitchell Johnson that bowled before no, Phil Hughes you died. Have, to have both of them, Aaron. Um, but like, obviously, there's people that have watched a lot more cricket than I have. But I have to imagine that what Johnson did to England and South Africa when he came back, um, for that thirteen fourteen Ashes series and that fourteen tour to South Africa, that had to be something similar to the West Indies in their heyday. Obviously, the West Indies had four blokes doing it to you, but I can't imagine the West Indies were much scarier than the way that Johnson bowled in that in that sort of purple patch of his career. Like, he was astonishingly good. Um, obviously, I've got to take the whole bowler and the guy that's got, you know, the nightmares of bowling in England and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But uh, my plan as the coach of this team is to not try and stuff about with Johnson and uh, make him bowl hooping in-swingers. I'm just going to tell him to run in, <laughs> bowl fast, and if he shows the up... the absolute benefit of hindsight. And if he shows up with anything that doesn't resemble a handlebar moustache, then there's <laughs> going to be words spoken. I want the, I want the Tash-powered, angry, fast, bouncer-bowling Mitchell Johnson. So when you're yeah. when you're judging my team later on, that's the Johnson I want you to envisage. <laughs> <laughs> no, Radio. you have to Radio. you have to envisage both of them, Aaron. <laughs> that's it's it's a package. <laughs> All right, Glenn. So we're up to you now. Hmm. Well, I haven't got a spinner yet, but I'm still making my decision on that. You know. Um. Just don't pick Bryce McGain. It'll ruin your credibility. <laughs> I've got to throw him a bone. I've got to get him off the streets of the boulevard. Of <laughs> the boulevard's a gated community. Bryce, he's not even in the gate. Yeah, I know. I know. He's, you know, but he's got to exist somewhere. <laughs> he played chess cricket, man. Um, oh, gosh. Okay. I've pretty much filled out my. Batting. I've I've got another opener to pick as well. Um, look, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pull trigger. I just don't think that McGill was would have been a good match for Lily and Tomo because you you're gonna have Tomo's gonna go a bit crazy some of the time. So I think I'm going to uh, to do the the very Glenn thing and. Uh, Pick Colin Miller. Funky. I'm picking, I'm, I'm picking Colin, really? Colin Funky Miller. What are we, like, Ashley Mallet? Like, there's many more than Colin Funky Miller. But anyway, <laughs> that's you. Mate, that's, go look that's, at that's, his stats. Yeah. That, the guy could bowl, bowl seam up and off spin. Yeah. So and he had blue like, hair. Well, you've he still has. got the option of. Uh, <laughs> You've still got the option of seam up or off spin. You can have four quicks in that side. 
Yeah, it's it's um <laughs> flexible flexibility to the to bowling lineup. All right, Garrick. Yeah. All right, so it's from nineteen seventy onwards. Yes. Yeah. So if someone ended their career in nineteen seventy one. Oh, <laughs> all right. But you can only have old them. Oh, I'd take old them any day of the week. Uh, Bill Laurie. Ah, <laughs> uh, right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. William Morris Laurie. All right. So who, who doesn't love Bill Laurie? Basically, he's going to bat three days for 50. Doesn't matter. <laughs> He'll still be averaging 50. You've got, you've got some Cavaliers in the middle order, so um, oh, yeah. you should be right. I'm not even half done yet. <laughs> Great. All right, uh, my pick. Um, I'm going to pick Ryan Harris. Oh, um, Ryan Harris as my um, yeah as my like final key, uh, key to my bowling lineup. Um, I said I've said to everyone that I've ever spoken to about Ryan Harris is if you look at his stats after the games played, um, at the same point in their careers they mirror Malcolm Marshall. And there are plenty of people out there that think that Malcolm Marshall was the best bowler of all time. Uh, obviously, I'm not naive enough to think that if um, Ryan Harris ended up playing a, a lengthy career, that it would have panned out to be exactly the same. Not calling Ryan Harris, you know, Malcolm Marshall, but he's a very, very impressive bowler in his own right. And I think he complements what I've got in my bowling lineup already. So I've got the Warren, who is Warren. I've got the surgical precision of McGrath, but doesn't do quite, doesn't do a lot with the ball outside of just nipping it off the seam. I've got Johnson, who's my firebrand, to come in and just scare the life out of the bowlers. And I've got Ryan Harris, who does just a bit of everything. He's enough pace to keep you honest. He doesn't mind going upstairs. He can get the new ball to swing. Just go and ask Alistair Cook. He'll tell you. Um, and just just that Mr. Fix-It bowler. I, just, I, I look at him. I look at Pat Cummins. There's a lot of Ryan Harris in Pat Cummins. He just has that just jack of all trades. Pat Cummins is obviously panning out to going to be a much better bowler than Ryan Harris when it's all said and done. But they've all yeah. they've both got those complete game packages of that the way they bowl. Like in Dale Stain is another one like that. that there's there's nothing they really don't do. Like McGrath never really swung the ball, um, uh, and he's not particularly quick. Yeah, but when he did swing the ball, he'd take eight for. Yes, 48 or whatever. Obviously. Um, and that's what I like about Ryan Harris is, yeah, he might not be super amazing at you know any particular thing, but he can do everything really well. And it turned out that uh, in the time that we did get him, he was actually a very, very good bowler. And he's a guy that I know that I, I can give him the ball. He'll be on one knee and he'll go and win me a game. So um, I'm taking Ryan Harris. Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't Ryan Harris, remember when we went to Sydney years ago, to watch the West Indies in Australia play in, at the SCG, and we would yeah he uh, was batting at the end and he hit three sixes yeah it was like wobbly number eleven come out and we're like oh this is gonna suck I think he was nine at that point but yeah who cares but yeah he was a tail ender we we're looking a bit <laughs> average a um, bit average and then yeah he comes out and he he scored about thirty odd I think off not many and yeah. we're like this Harris bloke's awesome and yeah, then it, it was rained a lot his, it was one of his first. First digs for Australia too. Wasn't yeah, it was it? pretty early. Yeah, but that that was fun. Oh, whose turn is it? It is e- Glenn's turn. Nah, well, it's back to me. Back to you. Mm, okay. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with the left arm option here. Um, and kind of a forgotten guy, um, would have been very, very good, but did have back issues late in his career. I'm going to go with Bruce Reed. Uh, don't mind me a bit of Bruce Reed. Yep. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I, I remember seeing like the very, very end of his career. I think he had to retire pretty young. But um, that was kind of like your uh, classic left armer who swung the ball back in. He was basically what they were trying to turn Mitchell Johnson into. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Bruce Reed. All right, Gary. All right, to you, mate. I think I need a wicket keeper. That'd be that'd come in come in handy. I've got a couple of really good bowlers, and um, so I'm, you're going to go with David Boone, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, if only I could. Um, Ian Healy. It has to be Ian Healy, only because Ian Healy kept Shane Warne forever, and did it very successfully. Yeah, arguably. The best Gloveman Australia's ever had. Arguably. I would probably agree with you, Aaron. There wouldn't be, I don't think there'd be too many people that would really argue with me too hard on that one. No. He's certainly a better Gloveman than Gilchrist. He'd be the next obvious choice. Um, Marsh would be another guy that comes up, but I'd imagine he'd have Rod Marsh covered as well. Yeah, I, I, Rod Marsh was good, but I just, I don't know. I think Healy was better. So I'm going to lock lock him in, Eddie. <laughs> Back to me. All right. Wow. We've got two two positions left. That's yeah. including our twelfth, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've got I've got a batsman, unless I want to go really bowler heavy um, to pick. So I've got a top well, well, yeah. So I've got a top order player to pick, um, or an all rounder, and then a twelfth man. Uh, same with you. You've got a. Top order. You've got an opener, actually, Glenn. Yeah, according I've to still what, got to according what I've got, and Gary, according to what I've got, some middle order player, unless he's shuffling some stuff around and carrying an extra bowler or an all rounder. Um, right. So I actually didn't think I'd have this this sport for choice for some of these players. Um, at this end of the end of the uh, end of the draft. Um. I'm going to go. I was going to choose between Mark Waugh and Dean Jones. Mm. And I'm going to have to go with Dean Jones. Sorry, Junior. Wow. I do. I just like it. I find it really hard to go past that um, amazing innings he scored over in India. Um, I think I've got enough really cavalier batsmen in, you know, Smith, Chapel, Hussey. Um, and that's one criticism of of Mark War is that um, he was absolutely more talented than his brother. He only his highest yeah. score was like a hundred and fifty. Forty. One hundred forty nine was that it? No, he's got one hundred fifty no, on debut. Thirty nine. Um, it's it's not very high. I reckon he just got bored. Yeah, he just he just find ways of getting out and. Um, while I know that uh, Jones had a much smaller career, um, there's obviously that whole stigma of, you know, ran over the selector's cat or something. No one in their right mind thought that Jones um, deserved to be dropped. And if you're looking at sort of his career that he had as a one-day player and what he had as a, as a test player, I think he's uh, more than deserves to be there. So I'm going to round out my middle order with Dean Jones. Great. All right, Glenn. Mm-hmm. To oh, you. So okay. unless you're going to pull a fast one and play someone at opening, you uh, you're you're due an opening batsman. I need to pick an opener. Um, uh, well, I've I've got two in mind. Um, but one might affect the selection of it, of the other. Uh. I'm tossing up between Phil Hughes. Oh, I thought about I think, Hughes as well. I think we were we were robbed of, of something quite special there, just just as far as a career went. I, I had Hughes earmarked as well, but I thought from what we sh- what we saw of Phil Hughes, it wasn't an overly stellar career. So we'd be picking purely on what could have been, which I very found yeah, very hard exactly. to quantify. But um, mm. if you have a look at what Hughes did, you know, the, he's taught to South Africa. Um, yeah. And then his subsequent winter over playing county cricket to get himself ready for the Ashes. And he was essentially dropped from that side because Johnson mm. couldn't land it on the pitch. So he needed to go with Watson to be the all-rounder in case Johnson went haywire yeah. again. And then I'm pretty sure that happened again in a subsequent tour. He we went over there. He was batting in the middle order. It was the Ashton Agar game. And then partway yeah. through that series, he got dropped again for 
um, yeah. for someone that really shouldn't have been. So, um, yeah, uh, I certainly wouldn't begrudge you a Phil Hughes pick, but, yeah, it'd certainly be um, a what-could-have-been pick as opposed to any sort of hard, concrete evidence about uh, what sort yeah. of player he was. But um, there's certainly the talent was there. You can okay. see in the way that he scored his first-class runs that um, – that he was yeah. a player that was uh, was assuredly going to do. The offside, I, I haven't seen anyone who who was as good as play, at, at playing through the offside as uh, as Hughes was. Um, but in in that case, we'll go an honourable mention to him. And I think I will take an un- unpopular pick here, but I'm going to go with Shane Watson. Wow, what a <laughs> where where is he batting in your order? Opening. He's, he's opening the batting. Oh, you want to hope that nobody else wanted to use a review. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, I'm surprised that Taylor didn't get a run. Yeah, I thought about really Mark just Taylor. a lazy 300 oh, opening the batting. Gone Michael Slater Taylor the problem. combination, but I've made my choice now, <laughs> and uh, and the guy I've got an all rounder in the side that way as well. Yeah, but the problem with Taylor is he spent oh a better part of his career averaging over 50. And then he spent, what, six years averaging about three. <laughs> and because he was a captain of one of the greatest cricket sides ever to grace a field. He just he cruised just on that. On it, and he could catch at first slip. It didn't matter what happened in the game. We had a first slip. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I think, like, Shane Watson deserves to be there. When, when you look at his numbers. Um, well, he averages 30, you know, 30 and 30. As an all-rounder. They're pretty good. Mid thirties and mid thirties. Um, my criticism of that would be: Can you really go with an opening batsman that averages in the mid thirties? I think when you look at his exclusively at his opening batting, Did he average in the mid thirties. I thought he was higher than that. Uh, pretty sure it's about thirty-five. Well, he ended up with, um, and I think he ended up oh, averaging. We'll, f- him then. we'll we'll go with Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> he was talked into it. <laughs> I don't know if that technically counts. Could you imagine that in the NBA draft going, um, oh, oh, with the 28th selection, Glenn picks Shane Watson. And then he goes through, reads his stats, and, you know, Watson's up there getting his team Glenn hat and shaking the commissioner's hand and then goes, oh, wait a minute. I thought that said 43, 33, what You're out. <laughs> you, Taylor, up you get. <laughs> Tubby wanders up. Ooh, right, oh, thanks, no, boys. I'll pick my <laughs> I wasn't saying you can't. I was just saying how funny it was. It's up to you. So you want to go Watson or you want to go Taylor? Because we don't care. Uh, We've both got openers. Taylor, then. Taylor, all right. I thought, I thought Watto ended a little bit better than that. I think, it, yeah. I, I know it's not 40. It's under 40. I'm pretty sure it's like between 35 and 40 and uh, closer to 35, right. I'm pretty sure. What he can do is score yeah. 90 like a boss. Yeah, for you've a got long time. you've got like you've got a 180 run opening stand <laughs> locked in if you picked Watson and Slater. Uh. <laughs> All right, uh, Gary, your last starting eleven player. All right, for number five, I've turned with Mitchell. Ma- no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I was going to make you pay with ten. <laughs> I'm I'm going to say uh, Mark War. Cool. So you're happy I didn't go with Junior. I am kind of happy because I'm like, oh, I don't know who else to pick. But you know. All right. Cool. All right. For my twelfth man. Hmm. I suppose it doesn't really matter. Um, I'm going to go with a bowler because I feel that uh, you know if you lose a twelfth man, you got to sub someone in. I, th- I think losing that- a bowler would be. The worst thing to have happen. I, I think the twelfth man should be a bowler. Okay, had, there's, there's not much point in picking another batsman. Mm. So I think that I think it's more. It would be more detrimental to my game if I lost someone to the concussion rule who was McGrath, for example, in yeah. day one of the test, yeah. and then I had to go the rest of the test without without a bowler. So um, I am going to go with Jason Gillespie as my yeah. twelfth man. Yeah, I mean, forgotten about him. He nearly made I mean, it in over Ryan he, Harris he with the highest test of score that. of 201 not out. And then never, ever playing test cricket ever again. Um, <laughs> and was a very dangerous bowler in his own right, 
wheels sort of fell yeah. off in that 05 Ashes series and they never really seemed to recover. Yeah, but, but you forget, like, it, it wasn't like he was only good for a couple of series before that. He was, he was good, good for, for a long time. Years. Mm. And the problem, yeah. the, the problem with his career, though, is he, at the other end, there was a guy bowling by the name of Glenn McGrath. Yeah. And the they, Australian they, bowling attack sort of feasted on each other's oh. success. They bowled so well together. I don't know. He bowled every bit, bit as good as McGrath. Oh, I, he, I think Glenn, at times. Gary's saying that, um, you know, he would have had more wickets if he was bowling with less yeah. quality bowlers. Like all the wickets oh, that he could have taken, McGrath oh, or Warren were taking. took his wickets before he had the chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and he did have one of the best partnerships, uh, batting partnerships I've ever seen in my life and will continue to say so. Oh, that is, yeah. God, the Kiwis were just a rabble that day, weren't they? Glenn McGrath hit it. Uh, <laughs> Glenn McGrath slog, slog sweeping swept. someone for six. It was Daniel Vittori. It was. <laughs> I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to say it out loud because we like oh, Dan. I'll tell you, I don't care. But uh, I like Dan it was too. great. How can you not like Dan Vittori? He looks like Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Glenn, your twelfth man. Um, I, I think I'll go a bowler as well. Um, See, I'm not sure whether I should go back and, and, and pick Stewie McGill just in case we're playing in the subcontinent, you know. Um, or I was, I was going for a kind of forgotten pace bowler, um, Terry Alderman. Uh, Tezza. We love Tezza. Playing in England, Alderman's almost a must pick. Yeah, exactly. You almost need a squad, don't you, if you're going to – Talk about, you know, special horses for courses kind of thing. Yeah, but then we'd never stop. We'd be here till like 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with McGill. I think he, he deserves to be somewhere. Cool. Somewhere in the team. Yep, and like you said, that uh, gives you a little bit of flexibility, I suppose. Um, all yep. right, Gary, uh, your 12th t- man. Craig McDermott, because everyone loves Craig McDermott. You're very, yeah. lucky. you're very lucky. I nearly went McDermott over yeah. Gillespie. Yeah, very, very lucky. I was, I should have done that just to see the look on your face. But um, but Craig McDermott and Paul Rifle were like the nice guys, and and so is Pat Cummins. Actually, the only one that's a bit psycho is Brett Lee, young Brett Lee. Especially. Oh, Brett, Brett Lee would break your jaw, but he have a smile on his face about yeah, it. Yeah, and like, then no, he, you've got a whole bunch of nice guys. Did, did you ever see that thing? Uh, the he had a, oh, I think it was the it was in the test. And he said he'd walk up to bowlers with his hands over his mouth and, and, and curse and carry on. It was fantastic because <laughs> he knew the cameras could pick it up. He's a clever man. Ah! Got him! There it is! Wicket number 700! And they can't catch him! <laughs> All right. So we'll run through the teams uh, for those of you listening at home that may have had trouble keeping track. So uh, my team... I'm opening the batting with Matthew Hayden and David Warner. I'm going to have Greg Chappell at three, Steve Smith at four, Dean Jones, or no, Michael Hussey at five, Dean Jones at six, Haddon at seven, Warren, Johnson, Harris, McGrath, and Jason Gillespie is my 12th man. Glenn's team. Do you want to read yours out, Glenn, or do you want me to just keep Yeah, going? I'll read mine out. I've got um, Taylor and Slater opening up. I've got Doug Walters at three. I've got Michael Clark at four, Alan Border, Steve War, Gilchrist, and then I've got Lily Thompson, Colin Miller, and Bruce Reed. <laughs> um, and my twelfth man is Stuart McGill. Oh, and it's not a bad side, but Gaz. All right, as our openers, we have William Morris Laurie, so Bill Laurie, Justin Langer uh, at three, Ricky Ponting, four, Damian Martin, five is Mark War. Michael Bevan, Ian Healy is my keeper, Pat Cummins, Paul Rifle, Brett Lee and Nathan Lyon are my bowling attack and Craig McDermott is my number 12. So there we go. I think that was fun. We didn't have much yeah, to talk about fun. in terms of uh, current cricketing events, but I think we've made a, a pretty yeah. a pretty good episode out of that. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon throw our teams up because there's no doubt that we would have forgotten about some very quality players. Oh, absolutely. You know and, as soon as... People will, people will roast us for it. Absolutely. And, um, 
and deservedly so. You know, I, I did my my homework at the last minute again. <laughs> it probably deserves. I think I think we all did. I I put a little bit of thought in, but that was basically this afternoon getting ready for the podcast. I don't know how much thought you put into it, Gary. Either. I've I've been thinking about it for a little while, but the problem is, I'd come up with fifteen different teams. Yeah, and the problem is, first. Well, first two people. Oh, I'll have that guy and that guy. I'm like, oh, well, that's half me side. Thanks, boys. <laughs> it's always a, it's always a hard part of doing a draft, I suppose. You've got this ideal team in mind, and you're just watching the key cogs of that team just falling away from uh, underneath you. It's a shame that Scotty wasn't here. We could do a four way. It would have made things much more interesting. Yeah. Having an extra person to take players yeah. away. So that, that Colin Funky yeah. Miller pick would have been a good one at that point. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I just like the guy, hey. I, 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 I think his stats really hold up as well. Uh, he only had a short career, but... Well, I'll tell you something. Um, when You remember when he dyed his hair blue? Yeah. My brother. I was there that day. Oh, yeah, you really? I was. Oh, yeah. okay. Well done. Um, my brother was playing cricket for his school. Um, yeah. Went to school the very next day um, with blue hair. And then was not not allowed to play cricket, so he was slightly <laughs> devastated. But um, did yeah. he pull out the whole Colin Miller did it for Australia? He, he did, and I don't know what my parents were thinking. Like, why don't let him dye his head blue? I've dyed my hair blue before. Yeah, but he looks like an idiot, and he's in year five for God's sake. <laughs> so he I, looks he looks I, like I, a smurf. I, I, I was I was has had his hair blue for about six months. I reckon. Oh, actually, no, I've done it twice. I was talking about the time when I was yeah. a teenager and did it, but then I did it again. Yes, I, re- four, I remember. About four years ago too, didn't I? Yeah, I think you were living with me. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was indeed. That's right. <laughs> uh, so I so I've, done it, I've done it twice, and yeah. I should. I was old enough to know better the second time. <laughs> yeah, 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 you definitely were. <laughs> well, to... You know, if it's any consolation, I'm pretty sure Funky Miller was older than you when he did it. <laughs> Probably. No, but I remember that day because he was. They were just mopping up the uh, the rest of the West Indies. I think it was 2001, and Courtney Walsh was in batting, and he he just couldn't face up. He, yeah, he kept he laughing. Kept, at he kept him laughing there. at him. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's, that's psychological warfare. Colin Miller was ahead of his time. I, I think oh, he no. actually got him I out just, too. Yeah. But anyway. All right, cool. So uh, there you go, guys. That's our crack at, uh, at a draft of our Australian players since the since the 70s or just creeping in. One of your picks just crept into the 70s. Uh, still counts. How, did you check that on the fly or were you uh, – No, no, I heard that. You night. had that – yeah, that little I'm, tucked I'm like, away. I'm pretty sure it was 71. I went and double checked, and like, yeah, it's 71. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, I think we should do one later on, which is a, a world players draft. Yeah, that'd be very interesting. It would be or, some pretty powerful songs. Oh. Since we've already done Australia, you know, all, yeah, we'll do a non-Australian players. Do it, a, you know. Eh. I want Marvin Av- Marvin Atapatu. <laughs> oh, well. he's, he's got the coolest name. Or he can be your first overall pick then, I suppose. Marvin Atapatu. I don't think I'm going to pick Atapatu as my first pick. Yeah, but his name's Marvin and Atapatu. And I don't think Glenn would pick Atapatu, so I think he'd definitely be there. If you go last again, he'd definitely be there at three. So I want I want Romy's Raja. <laughs> no, seriously, he's a good player. <laughs> uh, we've watched too much cricket together, Glenn. I know that's not just about how good a cricketer he was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So we'll uh, we'll throw our teams up on our two slips and a gully page. Let you all sort of dissect them and sort of roast us for how could you not pick this guy? How could you not pick this guy? Um, and then you know, let us know who you think would uh, who'd win. We'll go off who'd win a, in a test match or a test series played in Australia or overseas or whatever. You know, we'll just let the let the fans decide who managed to get the best out of their draft. Um, and uh, some exciting news. Uh, I found a mechanic that is open during the coronavirus, so mm. the, ti- the time machine is going to be out of the shop for the next episode. 
So um, the time machine will be all fixed up and ready to go, and I think we're going to go for an adventure back in time because, like I said, there's not really any cricket going on at the moment, Uh so we're going to have to go back and find some stories. So um, we're going to go on a bit of adventure uh, for our next episode, so I hope you're all ready for that. It'll be Gary's first time in the time machine. Yeah. Yeah. And um, time machine virgin there. (laughs) (laughs) Got a you got a got a yeah. It's like it's going with the doctor for the first time. You know. Oh yeah. We love the doctor. Um, so, yes, yeah, so uh, that's all coming up in our next episode. So make sure you come back next week. We've got more cricket goodness coming your way. Plenty to talk about. Just because there's nothing happening right now doesn't mean there's not plenty of amazing cricket stories to tell. So, uh, like always, we're available anywhere where you can find good quality podcasts, um, and we will join you all next week. See you later, guys. Bye. Yeah. Over. Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.